Kia ora everybody, what's up? It is Rebet. Uh, welcome to Rebet Live. Another episode. We are just pumping them out. Just smacking back to back to back to back, like Drake said, back to back. Uh, and we have a Kate Sheehan, director, lawyer, legal whiz on all sorts. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys going over there in the States? A okay. Miss, miss, you know, miss my flight back by four hours to hit the quarantine thing. Stayed here, and then two days later we got on lockdown. So it's been um that'll that'll teach me as well. But now it's all good. <laughs> F- family's good and and uh, and safe, and that's kind of the main thing. And and that's the main thing. Anyway, in the states, I mean, it seems that San Fran's done a pretty flipping good job compared to a lot of other places in America right now. It is gnarly. So yeah. Um, but anyway, hey, really appreciate your time. I am also Thanks. aware that that you you share the same. Uh, space as a, as another lawyer friend battle of uh, us called Brent Norling. Do you guys like law battle it out, or ha- how does it? Do you guys fight over the coffee machine? How 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 bad is the beef? Oh no, we don't fight over the coffee machine. <laughs> we we're pretty pretty reasonable at our office. You know, sometimes there's a few disputes over using somebody else's coffee capsules, but other than that, it's not too bad. You know. <laughs> um, I, I thought it'd be good. Maybe you could just quickly uh, introduce yourself to um to the crew, who you are, what you're about, and um. Who are you about to sue? Go nuts. Okay, so I'm Kate Sheehan um, of Kate Sheehan Lawyers. I basically act for business owners and people um, uh, personally in their capacity as directors um, or personally in their own name. And so, yeah, so I'm assisting a lot of business owners at the moment um, with a lot of claims in particular in relation to business interruption insurance. And insurance is one of my key areas, along with property disputes and court and civil litigation generally. So yeah, that's me. And um, if you need any help, just let me know. You don't. You don't go for the sell at the start. They haven't. You haven't said any cool shit yet. That then they know that you, you know what you're doing. We'll, we'll, we'll get there at the end. But well, I am we'll get very. There. I am very. I there's been two people out of all the people that I've talked to that have pre-written and uh, things that they would like to discuss. And so uh, first was Rod Snodgrass, and then second is you, Kate. So, so well done. So we, we will work our way through this list because I think that not only is every single person in business thinking about I, – I actually think every single person in business has thought about law – or lawyers or calling lawyers in the last two or three weeks for a multitude of reasons. That's right, yeah. What is the top th- two questions that you have been asked by business owners in the last two weeks? Okay, one one of them is whether or not they should make a claim on their business interruption insurance cover and whether they're going to be covered. And oh, secondly, whether the wage subsidy um, is actually going to cover some of the rental expenses. That's probably the second question. Well, let's let's jump to that first one. Yeah. What is the answer? So the answer is yes, you should make a claim. Uh, yes. You may be declined on your insurance claim, but you should let the insurer decide because until you make a claim, you can't, you can't like until it's covered or declined, you can't challenge it. So basically, a lot of brokers don't want you to make claims. Potentially, insurers don't want you to make claims because it floods them with claims. But if you don't make one, then you never know if you're going to get covered or not. But you're paying for it. Stuff it. That's right. Go for it. That's right. And I guess they'll have the, the only the only variance will be, I guess, the excess, but which will be a lot less than the loss for their business anyway, right? Yeah, most excesses are like five hundred to a thousand, maybe a little bit more. So you, you know, you could cover that. And their claims are going to be obviously a lot higher than that. I, I, That's I, right. I just ra- random one. I just kind of I, I keep thinking about these flow-on effects. Are insure? Is there a possibility insurance companies could go bust? 
Uh, well, if if what happens in America potentially um, happens, there is the potential for insurance companies to be to go bust or to end up with no money because what they're trying to do in America is make the insurers cover business interruption losses, even if they have exclusions in the policies, which is a really interesting concept. And um, that's really well, what they're trying to do in America. Be? Oh, so, that, so the um, government doesn't have to front it. So the insurance companies yeah. can. So the government's saying, well, we've copped enough um, payments and compensation. Now it's up to the insurance companies to fork out their money. And so we'll enact legislation and override your exclusions and your policies and make you pay. Dude, that is some savage shit. Can they do yeah. that? I guess they can, right? It's the, it's well, the government. It's really interesting because it's happening in New York and Massachusetts right now, I think. So there are a couple of the jurisdictions, I think there's four different states which are trying to do that. Hmm. And then what they're trying to do is cover the businesses that have about 100 to 150 employees, so mainly small to medium-sized businesses, mainly in the hospitality, tourism, restaurants kind of sector. Yeah. So they're, they're trying to cover them so that they can actually continue after the um, lockdown period. Got it. Yeah. So number one that you've been asked is about business interruption insurance. The answer is yes, try and go for it. and Just Make a claim. Make a claim. Yeah. So make a claim. Okay. And, and then should they be claiming from, from when to when? How Like is there parameters around what they should or shouldn't be doing if you're going to go for your business interruption insurance? Any, any um, tips on what, how they should? Yeah, you can, you can support your claim with financial information, especially in relation to your turnover from the previous year to the current you know, year and your rental expenses uh, mm. should also be included. Um, in terms of that's the other issue is obviously business owners are saying, well, we've got to fork out all this rent, even though we can't operate our businesses. So um, that should be definitely included in the claim. Uh, which actually probably plugs very neatly into that second piece. The rents, leases for business owners, what do or don't people know? Because there's obviously a clause that I've been made aware of that people have been talking about for this no access clause something. Can you just quickly explain, we've had Brent on talking about it a little bit before, but it becomes more and more that a lot of other people don't actually know that they uh, um, that it actually accounts for their, their lease. Can you quickly maybe talk around that, that, that um, once particularly with the no access clause and what that means for businesses? Yep. So in the standard ADLS agreement form, which is the standard form which most leases are based on throughout New Zealand, it's not um, applicable to Auckland only. It applies generally to, to just about everyone. Um, there is a clause, and I think it's 27.5 of that particular lease agreement, which says that in the event that you cannot access, like it's all it's all um, on access to your property. If you can't access your property, then you, you have to pay a fair proportion of the rent. Now, you know, us lawyers and valuers and everyone like to know, like to dispute what a fair proportion actually means. Yeah, so, what does um, fair mean? And the law, has, and well, well, is it, was that one of those things where after a judgment's made, everyone uses that as the, the stake in the ground for what it yeah, is? That, and that probably hasn't happened yet, right? It hasn't happened yet. And I think, I think it, it probably might happen in future um, and then there'll be a determination. But generally what people are doing are kind of going 50%. You know, let's just split it down the middle. Um, and, I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with that, but there are some businesses that maybe that's not actually fair because um, of other reasons, like other expenses on top um, of that because there's not only just the rent. Um, there's power and OPEX and other other things, parking like on top. 
So um, a lot of people are looking at what is a fair proportion and most people are trying to agree, but there will be cases, as you know, where people don't agree on what the fair proportion is. Yeah. Oh, the bro Lloyd Buds jumped in. Kia ora team. Oh, Lloyd, how are you, mate? He's an absolute legend. Do you know Lloyd? Yeah, I know Lloyd. Hi, Lloyd. Yeah, say what up. See, Lloyd, you're getting some props. Hey, um, we got a question here uh, from Stuart. Are brokers prepared for losses of this nature or is this a learning curve for the whole industry? I think so, brokers, yeah, I think brokers generally are very concerned because um, uh, because if, if there's this like big inundation of claims and then all the premiums are like deferred for six months, they're not going to get their they're they're not going to get paid like they're not going to get their um, kickback off the insurance policies so i think brokers are concerned about um about a for themselves but b what it means for clients as well because it's going to be really interesting moving forward to see whether new new business gets underwritten like just say you want to start up your new company are you going to be able to get insurance i mean I, i don't know the answer to that at the moment and a lot of brokers are struggling to get cover for um, existing clients, yet alone new clients. So I think it is going to shake up the whole insurance industry and brokers as well. Yeah. So good question, Stuart. Uh, basically, everyone's everyone's going to have some challenging challenging times ahead. Yeah, that's right. Interesting that, eh? Um, so we've, man, I love it that you've got because you know I obviously don't plan anything, but you have given some <laughs> great points. We've got five points you'd like to cover: business interruption insurance claims done. Yeah. Number two wage subsidy um yeah you said uh, the wage subsidy but it only helps with keeping employees on hold there is not much in right. it for the business owners who are grappling with covering all of the costs and dealing with their insurers and banks also even if you claim the wage subsidy you may have to pay it all or part of it back oh no shit if you get business yeah. interruption cover oh so if you get the yep. subsidy and then if you get your insurance claim comes through you got to flip it back that's right. And a lot of people don't know that. <laughs> a lot of people don't know, they don't understand that. Um, they're wondering, look, if I spend all this money now, what's going to happen? I've had a lot of questions. Can we use the wage subsidy money to pay our rent? Because that's the most pressing um, expense. And I think, like, to be honest, it's not meant to be for that. It's meant to be for employees' wages. But if businesses don't pay the rent, then how are they going to keep going? So it's a really a really tricky um, question in it's going to end up with what business owners think think they should do. But basically, the government has created this now register of employers. So it shows who actually yeah. um, got the wage subsidy, right? So there, there's going to be public accountability or um, accountability against the business owners and, and directors personally, I think. So um, yep. it's a real tricky issue for business owners. Because there's two, two trains along. One is I, I saw, you know, New World had applied in for it and then they they um, they they retracted theirs back. But also I've heard some stories in certain businesses and without, you know, getting anyone in trouble that um, I'm probably not the biggest fans of, of uh, people going for the waste subsidies and not actually giving it to their employees. Well, that's right. And that's going to be really interesting to see what happens there because um, some people have applied for the wage subsidy based on, say, 10 employees, and then maybe they make like eight redundant. So then what happens to the money? Like, do they have to give it back? I I would say probably, but the business might have gone under potentially by the time they have to give the money back. So it's going to be a real interesting question to see how they're going to claw the money back. Yeah, so I, I... I've been thinking about the moral and ethical compass of many decision makers because I 
can almost guarantee that a lot of these potentially, let's just call them, you know, um, sneaky bastard bosses went and got all this this cash off there. I don't think they realize there might be a public register yeah, for their that's employees right. and what they have. And and so the example I had, I've got a friend, um, you gave me a call, blah, blah, blah. Um, they didn't tell them that it got redundant, basically, but yeah. found out that the company had actually got cash for, for it. For them, yeah. For them. And then he's sitting there like, wait a second, because then he looked up at the thing. So let's follow yeah. this thing through. They're an employee of a company. The company's like, um, applies for the wage subsidy, takes the cash yeah. in, um, you know, makes them redundant, pisses off. They find out about it. I can almost imagine there is going to be a shit ton of bad blood and potential lawsuits and legal ramifications for all of those companies who've done some sketchy stuff during this time. That's right. There will be. What would that look like? How does that happen? um, It basically ends up probably in a personal grievance from the employee's point of view with the employer and the employment court uh, in New Zealand. So in that particular instance where he got made redundant, I think he's got a good case to get the money for the wage subsidy at least. Hell yeah. Um, So so, but the thing is, is you've got to spend some money to get some money back, right? That's really the problem. So people are going to have to start advocating for themselves a lot more. Um, in terms of those particular employment claims to be able to get the money back because or else they're going to end up spending more money in legal fees or fees than yes. what they're going to get back potentially. But so Let's take this shitty American legal um, attack at this. There's this massive wave of commission uh, win by commission law firms that pop out after this to go yep. after them and, and it's on here on a, was it no win, no, no fee? No win, no fee. No win, yeah. no fee shit. Does that exist in New Zealand? Is that a thing? Uh, it kind of does exist um, in some in some in some firms, and you can kind of do that. But what what you can't do is you can't take a percentage based on the win. So if you were going to do that, you would have to say, look, okay, I'll charge you three. Like this is what I would charge you anyway. Just say three grand to do all this work for you. So at the end of it, I'll take the three grand off you, and um, it will be more like a fixed fee, I think, to be able to make it work. Because or else you can't take percentages of what they get in New Zealand. You can in Australia and America and other jurisdictions, but you can't do that here. Yeah. Maybe, the, yeah, there's going to be a um, a wave of, I mean, the, the classic one in America is when you'll see, you know, um, you know, pharmaceutical companies and they'll do ads around, did you take this? Did you get hurt? And then they just go straight at it. I'm, I'm guessing that's probably good that New Zealand doesn't have all the same vibe like that because it probably would make it a bit more, um, not as gnarly maybe. No, yeah, sure. I what, think. So you go. I think that um, in New Zealand, a lot of people try to negotiate and mediate, and I, I agree with that approach. I mean, basically, eighty to ninety percent of the time it works, but there's that ten to twenty percent uh, of the time when you're never going to be able to get a result that way. So, unfortunately, mm. it only leaves you with the only remedy, which is to go to court. Uh, Lloyd uh, jumped in the mix. He said, uh, "Lloyd Bud, who's the uh, director of." Uh, commercial property for Bailey said uh, should the government be doing more? Well yes I mean I think for business owners they definitely should be doing more right now um, in terms of the main concern and the main issue for business owners is being able to pay their rent and continue with their business I mean if this drags on for like another six months a lot of businesses are not going to make it I mean even even maybe three months you know so that's the main concern for business owners and so far in New Zealand there hasn't actually been a scheme that comes up for relief for business owners in this space now in the UK there has like the the UK's 
the UK has got a business interruption loan scheme, which is really interesting. So they're saying, well, if you if you if you um, will loan you the money, <laughs> and then you'll have to pay it back. But they're actually helping businesses with their rent expenses specifically cool. whether in New Zealand that hasn't happened um, and so I think it definitely needs to happen and there I think that the government is looking at it at the moment and I really hope that they come up with something for business owners because I think or else we're going to have a big problem. Well I th yeah, that first wave was you know with the the, uh, the wage subsidy for the empl employees um, obviously the banks have come out these you know up to five hundred thousand dollars and the, and the government said it'll back up to eighty percent of all these different loans for I don't know overdrafts loans or bits and pieces but then there's this you're exactly right especially around commercial because it's the same question of do the leaseholders have to pay the lease owners and then who fronts those bills because obviously they've got things as well so you, well that's you, right yeah you, so you're basically saying cool employees are taken care of to some degree um and now it's the em employer's time to get get a little bit of love what would that yeah, look like I think you so. think, in an ideal scenario um in an ideal scenario i think they need they need to stop um or or just have cover for all businesses because at the moment the loan scheme does not help business owners who earn a turnover of under 250k so a lot of self-employed um, business owners um sole operators tradies do not meet that 250k turnover so they need to actually start looking at helping out those businesses and which Dryley is basically all that. businesses yeah yeah uh, sean dryly the ceo of uh, sps bank was talking about that the other day he he, he didn't reckon yeah. it was high uh he reckoned it was too high it should be it should i be think lower. it's too high yeah yeah especially so, in a lot of the the the, the one-man bands one-woman bands the solopreneurs you know, all, all the rest of it that sit around, you know, the 100, 100, 150 mark. Um, it's right. Yeah, they're, they're, they're out of the mix and they still have, you know, maybe a bunch of different expenses. It's just a really, like co corporates, big publicly listed companies have plans for these days. But then it's kind of weird there hasn't been a plan that everyone had known about and we're like, they're creating it and coming up with it and creating it, coming up with it. Like surely at a government level, shouldn't there already be like an exact pandemic rollout plan of what's going to happen everywhere like surely the shit was planned somewhere right like if corporates do well, it they're publicly listed shouldn't governments do it i mean i don't know anything about politics but surely you there would should think have been so a, yeah <laughs> um i think new zealand has always geared up for natural disaster events so um obviously earthquakes um you know we, we've geared up civil defense for all of those eventualities or possibilities and um i i mean that's probably the main risk in new zealand is earthquake or natural disaster damage um, and so I, I think they probably have focused more on that than pandemics, maybe. And that's just my personal view. But there's no reason why they can't kind of translate some of the policies that they implemented from that to the pandemic, um, mm. you know, side of it, maybe. Yeah. It's so it's just it's really interesting because you just you, it's clear they're making things as they, as they go to, to help us. But at the, at the same time, you know, every small business owner didn't have a pandemic plan. Well, <laughs> every small business owner, like that, that's not a thing. <laughs> no, they, def they definitely don't. And that's why I think that it's really um, up to business owners to reach out and seek independent advice. Like I do a 30 minute mm -hmm. free consultation for business owners. Brent Norling does a 30 minute free, like, like contact me or contact Brent. Just don't put your head in the sand. <laughs> that's what, um, us lawyers are really kind of saying to people. Yeah. Um, 
if anyone who's watching or listening has got a question they'd like to ask Kate, uh, Shan, feel free to just uh, comment below and, and ask away. I can happily ask you for you. Um, now, uh, you, one of the ones you wanted to talk about here was uh, class actions. There is a potential for more class actions in all jurisdictions as everyone is in the same boat, so to speak, um, i.e. affected by the same event. So who, what's that for? So class actions are basically a group of people who are affected by the same um, event or circumstance effectively. And that's exactly what we have right now. So um, examples of class actions which have already been commenced are in America, I think. They're actually looking at um, uh, one against a cruise ship company. So cruise ship companies are going to find themselves under the hammer in terms of class actions. Um, there's already one... Because what they did, it, there's one in Australia at the moment, which has been heavily talked about in the media over there, which is the Carnival Cruises, the Ruby Princess ship. And what happened with that ship is people were actually affected by the coronavirus and they docked in Sydney and then let all the people out, like 2,500 or 3,000 people out in Sydney. Um, <laughs> so there is now a potential class action being investigated in Sydney um, Australia, I think, against that particular cruise company for doing that. So that's a really interesting, like, development in the class action space because all those, you know, like, generally people could be affected by them doing that. So it's, it's a really kind of interesting development as to what's going to happen in this space. Um, and I think oh, that there will be, like, it's going to be gnarly. America will definitely probably be first, maybe Australia as well. And then we always kind of follow what's happening over there. So it's going to be interesting to see whether people are going to actually hold the government to account as well, because um, a lot of the hmm. American-based uh, thing is saying, well, the government shut us down. The coronavirus hasn't actually shut us down. The government did by the state of emergency or the lockdowns or what have you. So that they might actually start looking at pursuing the government for the comp you know, compensation or the, the funding um, so to speak. So it's going to be a really interesting space and it's kind of like my favourite area of law really because it actually helps people and people can yeah. actually get access to justice and some compensation somehow. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. It's a good point there, Kay, because you kind of wonder everyone's, the buck's got to stop somewhere and at what point, it's really similar actually to a conversation I had not too long ago about talking about um, the um future of law around after autonomous vehicles come online yeah that's right and and i was like what are you talking about and this is you know at ces and a bunch of flipping brains and shit and they go okay well think about it you're going down the road and you get hit by an autonomous car okay cool well if um you got hit because who do you sue do you sue the software company for the sensors do you do the car <laughs> manufacturer do you do the telco who is who's um you know doing the signals to it that wasn't fast enough do you do the manufacturer for that didn't get the update in time that because it's all interconnected you've got basically saying you know five arguably um liable parties for an event happening and that that's going to happen one day and then who gets um it sets the precedent in the tone and, and as soon as that first one goes everyone then uses that as um as pre precedent i think that the word they're talking about so and this one's interesting because even, even that sydney thing i mean i, I clearly I'm, I'm not a lawyer but i'm imagining their their excuse their argument is you knew it was contagious and people could pass it to other people you knew that it could spread you chose yeah. to to let them out and by doing so you essentially potentially affected a whole nation because you you spread it in one hit and you chose to make that thing under the guidance not to right but then on the yeah. other side if they hold them captive then 
you're holding someone captive. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's going to be what? really interesting to find out. It's going to come down to who knew. Like, it's going to come down to knowledge. Like, did they actually yeah. know that those people had the coronavirus? Did they test them? Like, it's going to, it's going to be a whole lot of, uh, um, you know, questions. But it's going to be really interesting in terms of multi-party litigation, like you say. we I, I think we're going to see more multi-party litigation, more going after parent companies, which is like the big, you know, how companies are structured you've got yep. parent companies and then all your subsidiaries so i think we're going to see more litigation which is suing everyone basically <laughs> and then it's going to be really interesting to see what insurance companies like do because i like they there is actually class action insurance that you can actually get if you're a big corporate or company are they going to continue to underwrite i don't think so i think uh, well, class action insurance is going to be gone <laughs> and in to the exact point like i mean you'd know better than me but in Christchurch after earthquakes, insurance stopped covering earthquakes, right? That's right. Uh, they didn't stop covering earthquakes. They they stopped covering some properties. Got so it. they did some, yeah, if you were in a particular area, they said, no, sorry, we're not going to cover you. That's really what happened. Jeez. Yeah. So that's so probably what's going to happen here, you know. <laughs> so the, the, the long story short of it is that lawyers are about to have a field day globally everywhere because it's going to be the same thing i would say litigation and class action lawyers are going to have a field doubt i don't know about everyone else but i mean i mean um it depends what area of law you're in i think um a lot of conveyancing and property practitioner lawyers are going to be affected because they're not getting their transactions settled so um Mm. if they're not getting their transactions done then there's no income or no money so it's a really interesting thing because it affects different people in different ways do you have like some secret Facebook closed group between a bunch of different lawyers that talk about all this crazy shit? How do you, how do lawyers secretly <laughs> communicate? What's that? Uh, I don't know. You probably want an encrypted form of, of communication. <laughs> so Facebook Messenger, I think, is encrypted. Okay. Um, so but... let's go there for a second. What What is the, what's the big talking point for lawyers right now that people aren't talking about publicly? What's the bit that all is like, yo, this shit, like what's the, where's the weak spot, the chink in the armor that could cost a lot of people or where's the, 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 the biggest issue that people aren't talking about publicly yet? Um, I think, I think to be honest, it's how many businesses are going to be affected, like the domino effect or like the pipeline effect of this. Because um, there's already reports saying a third of businesses aren't going to survive. And if we're talking New Zealand, we're only a small country, right? So I think on the wage subsidy, there was 120,000 people claimed as sole traders or um, individual like companies. So if all those companies go down, we're going to be like in big trouble because <laughs> um, yeah. we're not a, a nation of big, massive corporate companies like America or Australia. We're mainly small business to medium-sized business um, operators. Yeah. I think that's probably the main issue at the moment is the concern about Mm. the businesses folding. Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying, I kind of look, the the GM of um, SME and Enterprise at BNZ, um, you know, they put out this report that 97% of New Zealand businesses are small businesses with less than 20 employees. That's right. About 30%, that's like, you're talking about like, you know, over 100,000 businesses going, you know, going night-night. That is... Yeah, that affects like, I think it's about 1.3. I think I figured it out. Like if it was that many, just say it was 120 times two people that are affected generally because you've got your wife or your partner or your family. And then um, if you affect three to five people, it's about 1.3 million people that will be 
affected and potentially have no income. And I mean, that's a big deal, you know. Um, I know there's the health, everything's focusing on the health and I can understand mm. that, but they also need to focus on the economic aspects of it moving forward because it's really important, you know. Yeah, t- totally. Um, I've got some, some uh, this might be breaking news that's coming. I'm trying to see if I can get the, the technolo- technology to work. Give me one sec. Hopefully this pops up. All right, can you see that? Commercial property deferrals, waivers. Oh, that's Australia? Yeah. Australia. So this was just came out, I think, today, is it? So landlords must offer rent waivers and deferral proportionate to their tenants decline and turn over the Prime Minister's confirmed. Oh, wow. Wow, that's pretty good. So Australia is basically... So explain that to me. Yeah, so go there. So what they're saying is you have to, like, if the fair proportion, if if you've lost 70% of your turnover, you get a 70% rent reduction. If you've lost 50%, you get a 50% turnover. If you've lost 30%, you get a 30% reduction. So that's and deferral. So they're saying not only do you get that, that, you're going to get deferrals. So you might be able to pay in, like, six months' time, potentially. I don't know what the time period is, but... That is really interesting. So this yeah, is that's so, this real is, interesting. Now, now, would New Zealand copy paste this? I don't know if New Zealand would do that, but um, I think Lloyd and I are, are currently uh, closely watching what the government's going to do in this space because um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. And it's going to affect businesses, but also commercial property owners because um, they have to pay their mortgages um, somehow or other eventually. <laughs> Um, even if they get a, a mortgage holiday, which is not re- actually really a holiday. It's actually just a deferment. But um, it's going to be real interesting to see what happens. That is pretty aggressive, man. Yeah, that's pretty – Australia's probably a little bit more aggressive than us in New Zealand, I would say. So I wouldn't expect it to be exactly like that here. Uh, that that was actually um, sent in by Lloyd, and he said, this is what Australia are doing. As someone said, they are late to the party, but they brought a keg. it's a good analogy lloyd that's so good (laughs) Uh, lloyd's going to be on the show on on an upcoming episode yeah that is i mean that's kind of that feels fair if you're a business and you lost 50 percent of it you get a 50 percent discount but are are they saying that the government would pay the remainder is that what they're saying i don't know i haven't actually looked at all the terms of it and maybe we can discuss it during lloyd's upcoming um upcoming discussion but basically it is a good development for businesses because we want businesses to keep going he says uh, landlords must not terminate the lease or draw on the tenant's security likewise tenants must honor the lease yeah so that's going to be real interesting is how we're going to enforce tenants that aren't paying it's called the mongrel mob (laughs) (laughs) oh wait wait, wrong show wrong show yeah It might, it might be for another day. Jeez, man, what a crazy, what was a crazy, okay, cool. So that's going on. Now, um, if you're a small business right now, you're stressed out, life shit, you don't know what to do, how to do, and you've yeah. got a bunch of stuff going on. Where, what's the first step that someone to, should take when they think about their legal options or well, what, what they, they could, they could or shouldn't do? First of all, they should call someone, <laughs> call yeah. me. Call Brent, call your local lawyer, call anyone, honestly, because if you don't, the first action, the first thing is to pick up the phone and talk to somebody about it. Because, um, you know, in New Zealand, people don't like talking about things. We kind of like, you know, put our head in the sand. But if you don't talk about it, you'll never get a solution. So um, the the sooner, the better. (laughs) And I do a free 30-minute consultation, which you can email 
me on kate at katesheehan.co.nz and we'll set up a face uh, zoom or facetime or um you know just on the phone yeah that's awesome um i appreciate any other stuff you want to you want to quickly cover i think we've we've got three or five points here i've been Honestly, you, you, you're like you're in the top one percent of, of guests that have come prepared for the show. I I, I don't, but <laughs> I, I just it's like that thing. It's like, have you ever seen a cheetah stretch? No, you just always ready to rumble. Um, yeah, very cool. Any other any other stuff you kind of want to cover? Or those are the main sort of pieces. I think it's. I it's, think I think there was probably. a question from Stu Hartley, my mate Stu, who runs Event Cover Insurance. I think he had a question. Um, oh, going sick. Oh, the, the brokers. Yes. Oh, the brokers, yeah, we run. Um, prepare for yeah. the losses of nature learning curve. Mm. I mean, I think, yeah, these these. He's in a harsh industry events. Yeah, events is real. Events, right? I think we might start seeing insurance for online, like like cyber insurance, but a little bit of a hybrid. So for online events, which would be really cool. Mm. Like um, that might be the development there. I think. That, what would that look like? Um, I think it'll be it'll be more like you run instead of having like like you know in person events you have online events where people pay to join online, and then the insurance would cover you know that like just say it got cancelled or yeah um, refunds things things like that maybe yeah no it's definitely um a space a lot of people go into and include myself because obviously I do a bunch of different bits and pieces and and that cool um Kate Shannon really appreciate talking to you and for your for your time um we've gone three minutes over your free consultation so I will give you a fake <laughs> uh PO box address for for the for the additional time time served okay thanks for a bit you guys well, take care over there love your work see you soon thanks bye thanks Kate uh mega chat good good times good vibes and a bunch of the legal side Listen, talk to a flippin' lawyer, talk to your bank, talk to the lawyer, figure out what your options are, um, and I'm, I'm actually genuinely intrigued to see what the government in New Zealand's going to do around this thing, because it's clear this is a huge, huge issue. If, if, if employers, if employees are getting the wage subsidy, um, and then there's this massive issue around, obviously, businesses can't be um, operating, they can't be getting into the businesses, and they've got leases, um, this could be crippling business. I mean, she's saying 30% is potentially um, on the chopping block. That is a massive amount of New Zealand business. So I'm ridiculously um, interested to see what the government does about that. Uh, good yarns, good chats, good vibes. And once again, if you haven't seen it already, Tiger King. Oh, mate, it is stuffed. <laughs>